think it was through doing a couple of courses with the Melbourne School of Continental Philosophy, it must have been that, I heard about this podcast called The Barren Field Experience and found out that it was put together by Justin Clemens, previous guest on this show and poet and philosopher, and two of his colleagues, Brian and Adam. And of course, at first I was very unsettled. I was very worried because what if it's really good? (laughs) I started listening and I was quite envious. I was a little bit confused, but then gradually I just started to feel a lot of admiration and delight. I can't really explain what this show is. I don't know if Brian, Adam and Justin could explain to you what it is. But pretty quickly after I started listening to it, I thought, I got to get these guys on my show. My best attempt at summing it up is basically it's three philosophers responding to the banality and the grimness of everything that late stage capitalism provides with hyper intelligent fury. And so my idea was, let's sit them down and see what they have to say about poetry. I knew it would be difficult. I was pretty sure I would never even be able to schedule them. But this is the year of just asking. And I did. And so they all came to my house one Sunday morning. And I used my new four-way recording rig, and this is the result. As I expected, it's a completely wild conversation. I mean that in the original sense of the term, it is in no way domesticated. It's barely edited, but it contains some of my favorite moments of audio that I've ever captured. And it was one of those conversations where, as the guests are leaving, I'm thinking two things. I'm thinking... Oh my God, I hope that audio has worked because if it hasn't, I've lost some really good stuff. And also this sort of sadness, like, oh, but you're going now. (laughs) Will I ever see you again? (laughs) Which of course I will, uh, at the very least, because Justin is putting out a new book soon um, about the eponymous Barren Field complimenting his latest poetry collection, A Foul Wind, which also comes up. I didn't ask much about Barrenfield. In fact, I didn't ask anything about Barrenfield. But to to very, very briefly sum him up, he is this seemingly only barely real poet uh, who's a bit like a colonial era, Ern Malley, bit of a trickster. He's got a very weird and interesting story, and, and I guess I... We'll probably need to have Justin back to talk about that properly at some point because we we just didn't get anywhere near it. So this is basically a taste of what the Barrenfield experience, the show, is like. The show is behind a very low paywall at the moment. Um, but to let you know what's in there, there are about seven episodes at this point and they are all on these topics like denial, conspiracy freedom. There's an episode on shame. I think that is the second episode, which is just wonderful. They're so, so dense, as you will understand once you start listening to this conversation. And one of the reasons I love it most is because a lot of what these three are talking about 
and a lot of what they are most furious about and going at most savagely is the world of work and we get into that toward the end of the conversation. You might feel a little bit like you're being dropped into the deep end here. Uh, I certainly did. But as Antonia Pont has said to me, Antonia gets a well-deserved shout out at the end of this chat. This stuff is often about just being comfortable with feeling like you're walking around in the dark and bumping into the furniture. I have to admit that before I had this conversation, I didn't know about this thing that comes from Plato, this idea that poets and philosophers are on opposing sides. So I guess I think of this as the moment that I let the philosophers in to the house of poetry. Here you guys. super fucking nervous thank you very much for doing this um what i thought we could do to start with is just so everybody knows whose voice is whose maybe we'll go around and i'll just get you to introduce yourself and just if you have any relationship to poetry at all just tell us what that is even if it's a very (laughs) bad one okay well this is the voice of adam um and my relation to poetry i guess is similar to that of Plato's relation to poetry. And I will be speaking from that perspective <laughs> as we go. Okay. Oh God. What does that mean? <laughs> well, 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 explain. <laughs> well, as Justin has uh, uh, written somewhere, um, uh, I love poetry. Did I, did I say you like? I'd never said that. No, I pretend I, that I don't. Isn't I, that, yeah, isn't that I, the yes, case? I did. Yes, that's, that's right. Or was that? No, no, no that's, that's the correct. right way around. That's, which I think that's that's the right way around. means yeah. I should, I should Introduce go, yourself next. go next because. <laughs> Uh, I'm Brian, but in the dedication to Justin Clemens's new collection of poetry, A Foul Wind, which is pretty excellent. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm oh my God. Who is it in that section? Is he a local poet? Some, some <laughs> Australian hack, oh I, I don't know. But um, it's it's dedicated to you, Adam, who apparently, according to is the dedication, really? um, uh, like, um, pretends to hate poetry, oh. right, even though he yeah. doesn't. But oh. I apparently pretend to love poetry even though I hate it, which makes me more of a wanker, which, but which I think... Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I would have been happy with that oh one as well. I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear why Justin made this decision, actually. It's an interesting question. Yeah, how did he make the distinction? This never happens. Me, we never have the people who the book is dedicated to and the poet. For the dedication. I remember the comedian who has this, has this weird thing which I sent the text to the person the text was about like and you know immediately <laughs> <laughs> this is as bad as it's going to be oh my god the, that's right this is Justin's voice anyway yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay and no relationship to poetry at all well, no <laughs> clearly not uh, look a fraught relationship Alice okay yeah. okay I'm not going to press you any further on that um <laughs> 
we'll well, get there. I think the I think the expression to press does come from the history of torture, right? Where you just start laying weights on weights people's on people. yeah. people's chest. So I'm going to press you on this point. Is just like add another weight till they yeah. till they can't help but squeal. So yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. that's mean, not really my approach. <laughs> <laughs> well, not not today, Alice. But it's always you know, it's, it's a new day, a brand new day. Let's <laughs> not rule it out as an option. Though, yeah, that's true. I might have to. Um, yeah, well, again, just thank you so much for doing this. I'm a huge fan of your crazy fucking show. Um, and I was listening to the episode continuing the mm. other day, and I wrote down a version of something one of you said because it goes so fast that I could barely keep up. But there was something about one of you said about institutions and how institutions promise you a thing and then they fail mm. to deliver that thing, mm. and that's how they get their power. Mm. And that was very mind-blowing to me. Um, and I was wondering if you think that poetry is in any way safe from that mm. institutional mm. bind, proposition, whatever it is. I've got something to say about the, the second part of that, um, mm. is poetry safe? But maybe you should, I, I seem to recall, I think you said the original mm. excellent remark about the nature of institutions. That's, so maybe yeah, that's, from, uh, that's from What's-His-Face, uh, the um, uh, French, yeah, renegade French, uh, French Jesuit. Oh, uh, Michel Sartre. It's from a, an essay. It's actually, well, we're back to torture already, Alice, I'm afraid. God damn it. It's like going to the poetry reading. Oh, my God. I guess that's right. It's like, will, it, it, will, it, by it. will it ever end? No, no. Just yeah, the, the yeah. unavailing, the unavailing screams like in the background. Goes like, it goes on five hours. <laughs> well, poetry, as, as John Forbes used to say, just gets you there faster, right? Like, you know, they shouldn't hear none of this. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, the, the Michel de Soto essay is called The Institution of Rot. And he basically just makes that point that, you know, institutions do indeed, you know, they, they generate authority for themselves by, by precisely retracting or failing to provide the very thing that they, they purport to promise. And uh, while this looks like a hypocrisy or a failure, no, it's actually the, the key, the key gap that, uh, that gets us into institutions and then makes us think, oh, we can fix it. No, this is all right. No, this institution has gone to rot, but we can just, but no, rot. The, the institution is, is, is from the very beginning, it is a, it is a form of rot. It's, a, it's always a kind of element of the state, right? Like, Interesting, like the institutional the, promise is a form of the idea because that's oh, what you exactly. enter into it on the basis of, right? Exactly, okay, exactly. So in the contemporary form, let's say, or in the institutional form, it promises me this and this is what I desire and yeah, it also promises that you do it with others, and it's a collective endeavour, and that it might be have some yep. effect or outcome, right? And you want to be part of that whole thing, but given as a promise is already a denuding of the yeah. notion of the idea, yes, which yes, is sort of in right. question in relation, I guess, in relation to poetry and in relation to say philosophy, which of course is the great yes. antagonism, as we as we know, mm. and so you get that, that you know, yeah. That brings yeah. up that question of the relationship between, say, poetry and the institution as well. Yes, that's right. It's the promise. It's the promise of it that it turns an idea into a promise. So something that was actual is now promised, and it's that it, it says, "I'm the guy who can. I'm the. I'm the. Inst- I'm the thing that can deliver it to you as well." Yeah. But of course, to use it exactly as you say from the from the very end, just as the as the state always de- dissolves the yeah, yeah, it's uh, betrays the the situation. It is. It's a because, teleological. Yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah. too. 
But the idea that it can maintain itself as the place of that promise too is, is yeah. a pretty interesting thing. You'd think, you know, usually if someone yeah. betrays their promise to you, you don't sort of forget and you probably don't go back. But nevertheless, the institutions are simply positioned in, in such a way that they can continue to promise. Yeah. Yeah. The promise has an effect. The, the yeah. betrayal of the promise is the essence of the promise of the institutional promise. Yeah. There's an interesting um, word I, um, this, this discussion makes me, me think of. It's in the title of one of Francis Bacon's books, still in English, not mm. used very often, but, but to instarate, as mm. in instauratio, as, mm. in, as in to institute as if for the, for the first time, right? And I think you find there's a certain necessity to institutions or in terms of being faithful to a promise because there's that hope of, well, organisation, being with others and transmission, right? Like mm -hmm. across time so it doesn't fade. But I think in continuing, uh, apropos of um, Deserto, we were talking about institutions that are, are sclerotic, that deserve to die in various mm -hmm. ways, uh, perpetuating themselves through through perpetual reform, mm. right? Like the, the oh, university, okay. whatever, it'll get better, the, county, it'll the get government, better. it's like, mm. we're reforming it, we're reforming it, we're reforming it. And, and that, that is the the sign mm. of its kind of putrefaction and, and mm. kind of, of of endless dying without death or something mm. something yeah. like that. I think that, was, <laughs> I think that was the context we were, we were talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely, and you're quite yeah. right, there's the great instauration and mm. the, the, the point of Bacon is all of these, there's the four idols, right? Mm. Everything's been, been, been stuffed and now we need a great instauration to reform yeah. actually all of the institutions on a new kind of tech bro basis, right? Is the first great tech bro <laughs> yeah. in world history. And of course, now we promise <laughs> a, a real rupture with, uh, uh, with, the refer, with these endless reforms and we're going to put everything set everything right but that seems to be on what you're saying the great installation is in fact the model what we're saying the model of the inst of institutionality par excellence yeah, so it always it, claims to be you yeah. know it, it, it always claims yeah. to be an installation but yeah. but but like i think these days no one could take that claim seriously like because it's another installation it's like mm. this year's installation it's this yeah. year's yeah. radical yeah, yeah. cut breaking the history of the world into two that's what yeah. the managers are going to do <laughs> this year but it's always Bullshit! Like it's always complete. Well, the new the nonsense, new Tesla right? does have windscreen wipers now, Brian. Oh well, so touche. In that case, sorry, I retract. Retract my previous remarks. Everything's different. Everything's different. But so, okay, poetry doesn't promise anything, and it doesn't seek to reform itself. I don't think. What's so, it, is it yeah. safe? No, no. <laughs> no. It's definitely <laughs> sorry, Alice. It's, it's definitely not. I mean, okay. I'm just gonna. Uh, Adams, we're all gonna have to. <laughs> one of the reasons I'd say it isn't safe. I was listening to your dis discussion, your earlier disc 2021 conversation with, with Justin. On, yes, on we were both yet. completely mad that we oh <laughs> mentioned a, a sort of post-lockdown uh, exit, yeah. which I, I, I remember very well. I, anyway, the, the category that I bring up to maybe think through this, and you guys can all disagree with me, but is, is subsumption in, mm. in Marx, like makes the distinction between real and, and formal subsumption. And, and formal subsumption is basically you get when you capital goes out trying to find new markets, new labor sources, right? You bring, uh, his, in context, he's talking about the colonies, but it had already happened in the British Isles, right? You bring working classes, you make them into wage laborers. That's mm. the first stage. But the second stage is the one where, to simplify it, you've basically commodified everything. Yeah, yeah. This, this is what we call total subsumption. And I think nothing is safe from that logic today, but to not be too pessimistic, maybe maybe the most optimistic <laughs> thing I can say about that is there are there are 
bits of poetry, like scintilla of it, like philosophy, philosophy and poetry are quite similar in this way, that uh, could be, and maybe this could only be judged retroactively, like will have possibly been part of something that is antagonistic to that subsumption. But I would never say, no, it's an outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it escapes subsumption because nothing really does. And I think you can see that. Anyway, I, I don't Absolutely. know whether you guys agree. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess the one of the, if I can put on the platonic yes. voice here, yes, it's time. clearly, I mean, one of the problems <laughs> he recognises there is the poetry's integral relationship to the state, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it, you know, and it wasn't necessarily because poetry was a state form, but because it could provide the voice and the means and the capacity and the ability to work in concert with the state, right? So it was a could be, you know, obviously through theatre. Theatre in the ancient world was a critically important means of transmission and education. They're not quite sure whether it's compulsory or ten, but generally understood that it was. So that's where you went to see the city and reflected back the myths and the stories and so on. You know, given a sort of a narrative form and so on. Oedipus the king, the Aristia. Yeah. yeah, and it's meant to have a transmissive uh, effect and it's meant to be educative for the young and that sort of stuff. These are the models you avoid. These are the models you, you know, try to imitate and that sort of stuff. And also, of course, we know that, you know, all the great poets are invited to write constitutions and that sort of stuff. You know, some, mm. you know not all, but, you know, mm -hmm. there was always that gig, that sort of commission mm. that you would huh? get from some faraway king or something. Come and write <laughs> me the, you know. Like even, I remember back, remember here once, um, I think John Howe was going to get Les, Les Murray, Murray to write the uh, preamble. The preamble, right? Never, yeah. unfortunately, never happened. Les, Les it, squeezed himself into a phone booth and made right. that phone he call himself the, from, the, from the provinces. And he just, from dic Biosha, he just dictated he on, he did. on from an old like, telecom phone booth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like. yeah. But no one managed to get it down, so it just failed. <laughs> That's a tragedy. Yeah. So that, that, that sort of institutionalization of poetry was part of the mm. criticism that. Plato brought to him, not because he didn't love poetry, which is, brings us back to what we said, mm -hmm. again, but because he did, and, and because he could then register yeah. the effects, and the effects were of a particular sort that they thought themselves needed to be intervened upon because it had that you know character of the state. It acted in a, in its behest, yeah. but I think Brian's right. I mean, that's the point about, it, and that's why it's always got to be guarded rather than is safe. I think poetry mm. has to be guarded, mm. sort of like philosophy does, right? In, from in but. That, yeah, they, they carry this companionship and this antagonism, I think, those two discourses right all the way through. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's got to be guarded because it can escape or it can go beyond or it can subvert the very frameworks in which it's expected to perform, I suppose you could say. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is the interesting thing. about. I guess probably what attracts people to try it yeah. or to participate in it if it, you know, somewhere deep in there. Mm -hmm. But it also is the seduction of poets to be loved by the state, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Desperately. <laughs> what, wait, 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 why? What do you mean by that? Like, well, what? given shelter, given a, given a livelihood, given a place to do their work, given well, there's all the be things a poet which... laureate now. It turns out yeah, about Alba, yeah, yeah, under Al Al Albanese's Alba. new Albo's new plan, like for for the Australian Australian arts. There's yeah, going to be a poet yeah. laureate. There you go, like yeah. clamoring for that position. Probably some dodgy eighties um, <laughs> band singer, yeah, lyricist. Oh, I think you, you, oh yeah, indeed. You, yeah. you want the laurels at some point, indeed. right? Well, 
that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the yeah, just like the athletes. Yeah, that's what you that's what you want. Yeah, yeah. Athletes are the voice, like. You, you, just on the the paranormal with um, with with philosophy, you know, in, in terms of there's this antagonism, but also some, that sometimes turns into an indistinction. That that the, the moment I think we talked about this in an earlier podcast, the moment in Plato's Apology where the jury, who's narrowly found Socrates guilty, yeah. decides to sentence him to death, is when he are sets as his punishment when they ask him propose yeah. your punishment, yeah. and he's like, I want to be fed at the expense of the city, get my meals for free at the expense of the city. Like the heroes. Like the Olympic victories. And so forth. So when a, you ask for something for, from the state, that's when it's like, no, he's got to die, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You want to be right. celebrated like an Olympic victor. Yeah, sure. yeah. like, that's fuck you. The dream yeah. of like, you got to death. And all those Pindaric poems, they're all in, in praise. They're, 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 yeah. they're, they're the great discus thrower, the heroic runners, the, the chariot racers and so forth. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, that's what, and that's the ambiguity of it. And then, of course, to fail to get that um, acceptance, if you like, by the state is also part of the credibility you can have Indeed. with your fellow losers in the city. The city hates me. Yeah, you know, that must be great. Right. It's like exactly. this wonderful sort of oh, series right. of positions you can people, 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 Lots of people, millions of people watch Game of Thrones. No one's read my poem. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. in, I mean, in some circle, that's yeah. currency. Yeah, others, it's, 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 exactly, exactly. And of course, if you're too well read as a poet or too well regarded, then all the other ones hate you anyway. Because right? well, you're right. a sellout. You're a state agent. Was it like, Gig Ryan? Was it, no, who wrote that? Um, uh, was it Monkey's Mask? Oh, Dorothy Porter. Porter. Yeah, that's a classic. That is a, I actually the, like that. The, I like that yeah. little book a lot. Internal yeah. scene, poetry. Indeed. It, it stages yeah. it very well, doesn't <laughs> it? Like the, on the, year after yeah. year and on the Monkey's Face and Monkey's Mask, which is the Basho. Yeah, Basho. Oh, she starts, she opens the And that one starts yeah, with the qu- quote from yeah. Aeschylus is, if you want Indeed. to found a city, get hire a poet, right? That's yep. it. Well, uh, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. I didn't know any of that about Monkey's Mask. I thought it was like a lesbian verse novel. Yeah, but it's it's it's, it's an awesome. It stages like all the struggles of poets: who's going to be famous, who's not going to be famous. Right. And you need a yeah. detective because obviously this is a crime scene, <laughs> right? Like, and the crime scene is linked to the the great installation of the poetic state. In, they made a movie of it. Right? They did. They did. Yeah, 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 yeah. They did. It's one of the one of the few. Yeah. yeah, it's all right. Like, yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. she did another one, another verse novel, which is more in line with that, isn't it? She does. Well, she does a lot. A lot of uh, she did a lot of like kind of amazing stuff. Like, yeah. She did some pretty good libretti, and she huh. also like one of her first books is called Aknarsen, which is a verse novel about you know the great Egyptian. the great Egyptian uh, yeah. you know as she obviously with whom she obviously identified as a great creator is who invents monotheism at least in this um, uh, in the in this particular version. So he's a renegade uh, Egyptian mm. emperor who's like. All these like animal-headed gods. Nah, we're going. We're yeah, there's only one much. god. We're going to follow the sun. I am going to be the rep. It's me. me. <laughs> I, I am the sun. And I think that that novel, that that verse novel, is like really saying, look, what is the poet? It's the it's the renegade mm. emperor mm. once again uh, affecting a great instauration, overturning all all customary or inherited religions, and refounding a new religion, which is yes, semwa. Like, and the, the, the poets yeah. why not? This, yeah. is, this is, is the one. That's the essence of poetry. Yeah. It is. It 
I mean, it's a long way around to get back to me. It's me, but anyway. Well, sometimes you're going to do a lot of work. Well, you don't just recognise moi, do they? But that's the poetic function. Like, you know, if you just want to be a dictator, say, look, I am the dude, right? But the poet has to go around this whole whole schema, which obviously just comes back to me. Yeah, 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 but, but it's a circuitous. Yeah, that's right. We have to take the long detour. This is maybe a good point to answer one of Alice's earlier questions. Just, just to contextualise this, this, this for a moment is is that I think Alice, you were asking about some of the 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 ancient opposition that that between poetry and yeah. Well, it's the poets who brought that up, by the way. It wasn't the philosophers who brought up the antagonism. No, that's right. That's right. But one way you can you can do it from the from the philosophical side is, is I suppose an old Greek trope that would say Plato occasionally says this sort of thing it's it's like well the thing about poetry is, is poetry is too power it, it's got all mm. of this power yeah. to affect the, the souls of human beings the, the affects and the passions but is it is it is the poet a kind of um, divinely chosen mm. idiot mm. right like who's been given this gift yeah. to, to touch the affects but maybe he or she lacks the logos, right? The the we'll call it. Re, we'll translate that as reason for mm-hmm. the hell of it. Mm. Um, like that allows them to properly differentiate between the good and bad uses of that. Mm. Like as in, should you be writing a panegyric to this tyrant or this god? Right. Yeah. It's mm. it, it's like what that's such a powerful force in itself. Yeah. But what allows it to. Um, to make distinctions about what it should praise and what it should damn. Yeah. And then conversely, the, the, I think the, the constant legitimate poetic reproach to uh, uh, philosophy is, is the, um, the uselessness of, of reason, right? Like, like it, yeah, like it's like, yeah. oh, you've got some equations, they don't stir any passions, yeah. no one likes you, you don't get any, you know, yeah. like, it's like no crowd is going to come together, yeah. right? Like, like people cheered the poet, they offered him yeah. laurels, they just offered to kill you. Sorry. No, 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 no I'm just saying, keep going along the, the path of reason here so you can polemicize against some recent enemies and get that over and done with an enemy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a reference to recent events. That's the yeah, look, not. I'm not putting this behind a paywall, so. <laughs> It's going oh out. Oh God! It's free to air. It's free to air. It's well, going out. That is one of the problems. We have a lot of enemies. <laughs> well, hopefully, more after this. None, of, <laughs> none like... of any quality, though. That's <laughs> the problem. Yeah. That's yeah. the real. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. It is. It is. But but surely that's one of the things about the freedom of the the poet to actually institute a, a form of speech that has never been heard before on earth. Of course, yes. mm-hmm. with the gods, with the muses, with inspiration that has to be kind of super or extra natural in some extra yeah. music, extra physical yeah. in some, some way, if we can, we, we can put it like that. But that, to come back to the, the, the institution of rot is uh, where, also in that essay, uh, De Certo talks about, look, aside from all these other mechanisms, there's always the, the, the scream in every institution, vaguely muffled, but you know, it's that of the torture victim oh, yes, on which this has been erected, whether that it's the colonial su- subjects or whether it's the, mm. the working, cl- the peasants who've been turned into workers and so on. There's still this, like the trace of a scream of something that happened before the installation. Now we could, I guess, analog- 
juxtapose that to poetry and say, you know, the relationship between poetry and the state is absolutely integral, but poetry remains only as the scream, like the trace of the scream, just like uh, 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 traveling around in this like uh, very you know, circuitous route around the, the establishment that's, of institutions. That's our, and that where, would be our most optimistic. Yeah, that yeah. that's optimistic. like its the, best role. The, yeah, yeah. Right? The, yeah. A, the yeah. speech is one of the things Joseph talked about is, is the is a, a torture is about extraction in the same way mm. cap- capitalism is about extraction of, of value and yeah. what i was talking about before subsumption it just is what allows you to extract value from anything right like mm. from people's just vague sociality on on social media from their speech which is what a torturer does but maybe at its best poetry like which is also subject to the same imperatives of the extraction of, of, of value yeah. and of speech. You can hear a, a yeah. bit of a trace of that scream before the before the installation. A- absolutely, and one of the things that the, the state would then value in poetry is precisely the role that poetry often thinks of as its witness or its prote- or, or its victim, its speaking for victims function. Yeah. But actually, that works very well for the state. So it well. reminds it reminds us that you know this is what you could be turned into a poet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Hang on. Come here, Alex. Maybe that was a step too far. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We're resiling immediately no, from no, no. that. No, yeah. I, I just don't, the, I don't 100% follow. So the poetry, if say you write a poem on behalf of asylum seekers, say, mm, uh-huh. yeah. then that reminds the audience about the power of the state. Yeah. That's not it. Well, that's one of the things that the state would be gambling on, surely, that these mm. institutions are not entirely... Why are they not entirely censoring or excluding these oh, sorts right. of protests, and particularly in the form of the apparent free speech of a poem, which is mm. unconstrained. It shows the, the generosity, the levity of the tyrant, that they mm-hmm. don't necessarily censor everything. Mm. Look, even And the, they get praised for that, and which they is get like, praised. of course, reaffirms, as you're saying, exactly. the power of their position. Yeah. The power of the position to actually let a little voice speak, yeah. Yeah. To, to, to hear the... To hear the the voice of the witness and then to say and there's nothing you can do about that yeah. actually we're just going to yeah. keep you around yeah. like in this well that's that's, that's, so I mean, that's to that question point. of the, like ethics in, in the yeah, way that the ethics, you re, re, exactly. re, redoes it in the question of the victim and how the exactly. role of the victim plays that sort of perfect yeah figure for the state right this yeah. emaciated destroyed figure yeah. which we all then revere and love but it also points to the very power of the state which you dare can't which you can't do anything about because it yeah. makes these things and you could be one, you could be next. Yes, you know, yeah. absolutely. That's a really good point, Adam. It, it, I, I think there's a, a, a great irony when you look at the odious um, so-called new philosophers of the 70s, big renegade, anti-Marxist, pseudo-philosopher hacks don't have to it's yeah. good if you if but, your but, audience don't know who but they are but now they're yeah, back no the real Marxists well <laughs> the nouveau philosophes have morphed into an, uh, an entire contingent of disgusting Americans who now think they're, the, think they're, they're the true Marxists <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah we sorry this is a, a like, recent a, anyway, a recent this is a it has to be said it has to be said no I agree but it's the same move as the public oh totally but sorry one of the things is is they they have this hysterical fear of the state right like so Mitterrand the the union of the left is about to take power and they start writing all of these things about the gulag and stalinism because there's going to be a vaguely social democratic um, that turns out to basically usher in neoliberalism in france this is about 1980 and they and and so they polemicize against the state on the side of victims this Mm. this is why i'm I'm saying this they're like no philosophy's task is just to have compassion for all of the 
victims of 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 the world, right? Like you mm. know, which sounds sounds great, sounds right? Nice. Like sounds sounds nice, but yeah. but actually, what they they do is end up being um, like completely supine to the dictates of 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 capital and the state and the state that protects it. Like there's a there's a, a, a abandonment of of a, a more positive goal for thought or for ethics and I'm, I'm just saying I, I think they're very clearly yeah, no, one part but, of Badgie's target yeah. in that in oh, the sure. ethics book right? but, but it also takes a liter like a has a narrative I guess we could say narrative form this yeah. uh, it tells stories right? it that's tells the, stories yeah. right and that's what yeah. appeals to someone solves this because of his position but also because of the way that he frames that you know has a literary narrative thing and yes. they draw on those stories and yes stories some experience and all that sort of stuff so a whole other gamut of i guess literary representation emerges right yeah. i mean poetry is probably i don't know about enough about that sort of period of poetry to say that that would be inscribed in that or part of that but no doubt right yeah so even that there's a shift within perhaps the thematics or the things that are concentrated on or the things that get you know maybe published or maybe performed and so on as well comes along beside that you know that shift towards that figure that we yeah. need, yeah, you know. But even, even 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 in the strongest form, then then to, to to take it away from the most bleak reading that we're giving of both poetry and <laughs> philosophies, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, um, in in the apparent in their apparent protest to be actually the the the, the very agent of the state and the guys of the opposite, actually. That, that also covers over something that is both does, something about poetry, which is the, literally the voice of the impossible or something, yes, something yes, impossible yes, exactly. has spoken. And also the same for, yeah, for yeah. you'd say, for, for Plato, something impossible in and for this, this situation like, yeah. has, 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 has revealed itself. And they don't do it, they do it, philosophy and poetry do it in absolutely antithetical ways. Mm. But nonetheless, that's where the, 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 their shared yeah. ancient quarrel is around what is the best way to, yeah. to, a, to avoid this, to, to have true freedom beyond, beyond yes. the, yes. beyond the, the, well, you've the got, production you've of got victims the, that the tyranny of the state the necessarily entails. of like, poetry yeah. and the clamour of being. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So you've got scream yeah, between the, the scream yeah, and the clamor. Between the like, scream and the clamor, everything yeah, else is a is a is a betrayal yeah, of these. That's right. yeah. Title. That's the title. Um, I got to change battery. One thing we are against to presumptuously speak for us is is. Uh, I, I have this recollection of your discussion, Alice, with, with uh, James Shang talking about, um, you know, the, the limits of small scenes, which is a problem mm, for philosophy exactly. as well as as well as poets, exactly. where, yep. you know, every critic is themselves a poet and you don't want to piss mm. off your friends by saying that their work mm, is yeah, crap and that mm. this has deleterious effects. But but one of the things I, I, I at least I'm, a, I'm, I'm very against is I think we're saying poetry can have you know maybe political effects can maybe have this antagonist against the state but i'm absolutely against claims by poets um and critics that really i, I see really extravagant claims made on behalf of poetry that it's actually had some really extraordinary political effect like i've, I've heard i recently saw someone say something like when a poet um uh, sort of splinters the voice, right? Like uh, yeah. uh, such that, like um, you know, the eye is is ambiguous oh, right? yeah. in a in a yeah, poem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is 
that like is a sort of war machine against neoliberal individualism mm. and i'm kind of like wow well you know that that would be lovely but <laughs> yeah. but yeah. i'm also like like the covers didn't actually fall no, because no, of that poem i've heard someone say of a poem like <laughs> this line kind of decolonized the country yeah, it well, was like it was like so the yeah. genocides are undone. The, it's, it's like, let's not do this. Let's, yeah. let's not say, like, you yeah. want to have as a poet hopes and, and be inspired by, like, political horror and the political desire. But, the, but that, yeah. there's there something, go, I think, it. really wrong about that, that yeah. mm. sort of critical curator-like promise that, no, this does X, right? Mm. Like, it, it, gives, it gives the voice of the, the oppressed a voice for the first time, and now mm. justice says that. There's something kind of obscene yeah, 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 yeah. about that. Yeah, it's like, why, sure. why does it need to? Like, yeah. why are you trying to make it so important and, and have a function? I think that's the thing yeah. I get so much out of... Functionaries. Your, yeah. Everyone yeah. wants to be a functionary again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and to be productive yeah. as well, and mm, to be yeah. valid in, yeah. you know, the exactly. system that you guys just so well um as i expected i've asked it a single question <laughs> i had written down but the other thread that i want to bring in is teaching because you are um, all either teaching at the moment or you have taught in the past you're connected to institutions where teaching happens mm. and and i guess i want to ask you to talk about what you think a teacher a good teacher should do mm. Because my um, my thought on this is connected to poetry. Is like you really you really need a great teacher mm. to help you to mm. fall in love with it. And I think you're kidding yourself if you think you can skip that. Um, but yeah. I wonder yeah. what that teacher could or should do. Yeah, mm. I mean. I I have to do these electives, so I made one up, and it's sort of based on a thing that Badgie does in the book, The Century. But basically, we're starting off by looking at art. And um, you know, art in Australia, and what artists say, and how you can say something about Australia based on what the artists have said about Australia, right? Mm. So anyway, we start off with some poetry, and as I said before, you know, a couple from Justin and some from Evelyn from Drop Bear. Mm. Evelyn, how do you say last name? Aurelia? Evelyn, I think I don't know. Yeah, Aliel's Day, and you know, a few other local sort of poets and Lyle Fogarty and whatever. But it's interesting because. You know, plus I haven't taught high school for a long time, so I was assuming things but I, that I shouldn't have assumed. So I have to, had, had to think about, okay, how, mm. then how do we even approach mm. reading a poem, right? Mm. But I'm also teaching philosophy. And so the first day of philosophy, we had a look at what Badiou says in his little book about how you need, he begins in an encounter. Right? Mm. It's the same thing with poetry from what you just said, it seems to me. Again, there's this parallel, right? So I feel like Badiou just explains that for him, poetry is so it's this doubled thing. It begins in an encounter. It can take an academic form or it can take a subject divisible form where you enter into it and pursue it from that perspective, which is what most good philosophers have said ever anyway. It's yeah. only bad ones who think that you go somewhere and get taught it. I think it's probably, just, it seems similar to me with the poetry because when I presented the kids with a couple of poet, poems to read just to begin with and didn't give them any instruction on how to read it or anything like that. It was just like, let's, let's just have a read. It sort of did strike me at the same time that unless there's something here that grabs them in some way, yeah. either in the poem itself or yeah. when we discuss bits yeah. of it, or even when we contextualise it, it's going to be really hard for them to give a shit about what is actually said here yeah. in this form. Because that's the other thing, right? Yeah. If you want to speak about something that can't be spoken about, not only do you have to have the words, you've got to find the form. Yeah. 
yeah. of that yes. transmission. You need a new form almost every time often, right? Yeah. I mean, you can write a book in a similar style, but then the next one might not be the same. You can have a collection of poems where there's a different, each poem takes a bit of a different form as well because that's necessary for the transmission, right? Yeah. And the expression. So it is that, I mean, you totally wrong. I just came up to, I was thinking about it, like all the things I sort of did wrong in the first couple of classes by just assuming certain things rather than having to go, right, you got to think about how this can be transmitted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether it can be taught or not, it's a different question, but maybe you can teach or you can show, as your suggestion is, that this is something yeah. and yeah. that this something can be taken up. Mm. Maybe that's all, really all you can do. Yeah. yeah. In some mm-hmm. sense. You, you, and you can't guarantee any any no. results from that. Like, which is I, the problem if you have to yeah. teach this shit. Fuck it. Because there's meant yeah. to be a fucking result. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which, like, which is what they care about. Look at these results. No. We c- completely, you know, completely by That's act. part of the terror of this, isn't it? Even, yeah. even at your level, yeah, you yeah, still yeah, got yeah, yeah, There's yeah, still yeah. results, right? Abs- yeah. Absolutely. Or especially at your... Yeah. yeah. So so I think that maybe in in some way any any teacher would, would if they're being kind of honest with themselves say that their practice and any kind of desired effect and and for us a desired effect would be counter to any of the actual institutional goals right like of marks and people being able to you know this kind of shit even though that intrudes you're trying to whatever spark a fire pr- provoke some kind of encounter in the mind of the student and i'd say I do all sorts of arbitrary things to try and induce that. Like I'm, I'm showing people texts. I'm, I'm telling them etymologies and whatever. But there's no mm, mm. direct causal relation between any of the shit that I do and the the hope of that happening. Like yeah. sometimes it does, but yeah, I think yeah. when it does, you think this wasn't this this wasn't an effect caused by me, right? Like something yeah, has to come right. from the other side from the student and, and it's a paradox right that i think everyone mm. knows about that to learn anything you need as you said us you need a, a teacher a, a master but on the other hand at the same time the teacher is and if if they know their business totally redundant that this is a and, and in fact their goal is should be should be and is it's their like, own redundancy yeah, right like it's similar want, to the you know, analyst position in that, very in that way, i was right? yeah you're yeah, right yeah, i was yeah, totally yeah. thinking about yeah. uh, th- thinking about that like yeah. and, and this is something like i would say yeah why do you need an analyst right it's not anything the analyst's doing unless he's trying to just impose his ego on you which makes him a crap analyst makes you a crap teacher if yeah, you're just yeah. if well, i'm just trying to produce very it's betrayal of the vocation of it. and it's and a betrayal yeah, of education absolutely. if they're going to stick yeah. with you totally. so you're both necessary and redundant but there has to be an encounter yeah. but it's not yeah. an encounter with you no it's not, say, yes no. with yeah. you enabling an encounter with yeah. something else but you can't force people to have an encounter with poetry because if you force people to like poetry then the poetry and it is exactly what we're saying vanishes and so all you can do is yeah. make some some things available yes. that you hope may or may not spark but if you you know and then you can give them marks and you have to give them marks yeah. but but just if that's one of the things i think about about poetry in particular if you're forced to have an appreciation for it everything's fucked yeah. right? this you're is what fucked. happens that's so much problem. in school like, yeah. for all of yes. us we've all yes. experienced yeah. this thing where yeah definitely you take up a subject it can be mass anything right yeah, yeah. and because the teacher puts themselves in that position of the ego right which must be obeyed or whatever in order to achieve this you know result you just, you hate it. Yeah. And 95% of kids just do not go back to poetry or philosophy or maths or yeah. anything. Yeah. Don't read another book. Because it's just, not maths or poetry. No, they didn't encounter it. They were forced. Yeah. Yeah. 
the forcing is the problem yeah, there. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, a bad, it's a bad forcing. It's a bad forcing. No, it's a bad forcing. You can have a forcing after an encounter, but you can't have a forcing without an encounter, right? That's the thing. And you can't force an encounter. Then you can't force an encounter. Exactly. And well, you can see this. I mean, you come back to, you know, you know, what's the educative function of Socrates? Is Socrates a philosopher? Is he not a philosopher? When does philosophy start? Is it already started? Does it start elsewhere? When does it? But the point for, you know, as you know, as I think you've, you know, you've talked about a, a lot, Adam. The, the point is that Socrates isn't any, isn't really anything, but no. he's a, he isn't, in fact, you know, what can you encounter, says Plato, afterwards in the city that doesn't get traced back to the, the state, it's the state's foundation on poetry as such, nothing. It looks very different, the, the, the law courts, the, the, the arguments in the agora, the theatre, the wandering, the wandering poets, the wandering sophists yeah, and yeah. so on, but all of them, the generals, the, 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 war, generals the rhetoric, the, the, yeah, of, war the rhetoric stuff, yeah. of war, all of it comes from the power of the voice of mm. poetry, of language as such, which the poets, which are the founded. But is there something in the city that isn't that, isn't a derivative of that? And despite all of the differentiation of the city, Plato traces it back to that, to those poetic moments, the, yes. the, 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 the mytho, the mytho, the yeah. mythological moments, the yeah. mythos. Mythopoetic, the, like, mytho like, poetic. which is a great instaurator, they're the great poets of the great instaurators. And that's yeah. why they're the yeah. great instaurators, but, but right. Socrates comes up and, and knows nothing and does nothing except unsettle every single possible positive form of discourse that exists to that, that, that spot. And that's why he's an educator par excellence, not because he has anything at all to teach, but every single discourse that you might bring to bear on it is rendered like nugatory, otios, aporetic, or some other, some other, it's stalled. Like, mm. is that philosophy as such or not? Well, it is and it isn't. It's not yet, it already is. But without that moment of this kind of, the, the, te the teacher is an event, Absolutely. And I think what you said, maybe think of something a little bit, I probably haven't thought about before, is that a lot of those interventions are predicated often on uh, sayings of, the poets, like it could be Homer or Hesiod, whoever, yeah. which he seems to either invert or undermine, but yes. they're predicated on that point, which yes. means that the poets at some point occupied that position of making that claim in a particular way. Yeah. And it's been sort of denuded in its own terms because it's been aligned with various forms of the you know, state forms or yeah. the state's been able to appropriate it in its various ways. So interesting, there is a sort of an, uh, an analogy between Socrates' interventions around huh. the sayings of the poets and that the poets themselves, when they said it, mm. had an interventionary force. Because this mm. is the other thing about it. Like, when Plato talks about the poets in the Republic, as we all know, it's on the basis of a just city, right? And what the poets do yeah. within a city is, of course, upset things in a certain sense, right? Yeah. They might be in accord in some ways, but they're also voices that sort of, because of the, of the type of expression that they, they have and the type of form it takes up, is in some ways distanced or removed or in excess of that of that, right? Yeah. So if, it's, if the city is corrupt, then it's okay because the poets themselves, you know, aggravating that city are doing something beyond, already, you know, aiming beyond it in a certain sense, yeah. right? If the city's just, you don't want poets fucking around, fucking it up because why would you <laughs> want an unjust city? Yeah. That's just dumb, right? Yeah. Everyone knows that's just dumb. Yeah. So that's why they can't be allowed yeah. to, you know, yeah. work at that level in that city. But in any other city, yeah. they're necessary, important points of intervention, just like, Socrates uses them in his own re-interventions on those points in those dialogues. You yeah. Know, that, I, I haven't thought, like, that's a good mm. it's, point, it's, Justin, I reckon. It's really interesting. It makes me think about the, the function of a kind of common 
negativity in the in the mm. poet and the and the philosopher, like mm. at their, their best. Because I, I wanted to come back to the question of, of teaching and one of the things I'm thinking is we had a discussion, this is gonna sound like it'll get us into massive amounts of trouble, it, it, oh, it won't, so. but about um, the um, ethic, uh, an aspect of the ethics of teaching, and I, I think we were talking about, um, you know, sexual harassment of students and stuff, which, which we obviously condemn, but I remember in this, in this discussion, we were all like condemning it for all of the usual reasons that one would, the harm done to a person, a betrayal of, of trust, hierarchies of power and so forth, but before that, and even more fundamentally, there's a, there's a betrayal of, of the vocation of teaching, I think, even if you haven't gone to the level of sexual harassment or something, in taking the inevitable transference, there's, mm. a, there's an erotics in teaching, right? And basically, the ethical betrayal is, is making the, 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 the teaching about you, right? Like, mm. so the student, and this is what Socrates does to Alcibiades, has a tendency to go, oh, what, who is the source of all of these interesting things yeah, or yeah, this yeah. other way of looking at the world? And it's very important, I think, to do the thing that Socrates does, is, is to go, actually, it's fuck all to do yeah. with me. It's nothing, in fact. Yeah, but the temptation's so huge. That's right. It is, and, and yeah. that's why people betray it. And that's why the ethics yeah. is, yeah. In, yeah. is important, right? Like I think the moment mm. you've, you've crossed that line, that you've, you need to deflect that all the time, which yeah. analysts are, are, are trained to do, but, mm. but it, it's equally important for the teacher for, for the same reason. Like, like mm. this isn't about egos, it's not about, it's what you're feeling is like the restlessness of your own desire for something antagonistic to or counter to or just not any of the conventional instituted but that's forms also of discourse and you can feel that in yes. to, but it has to it has to pass through you know the the, the bo a body turns up to testify sorry yes, to use yes. that word to to something else and then you can all you know the erotics of it you always get hooked on the body rather than the mm. you know the the the, the thing itself because the thing itself isn't a thing like where, yeah, where, yeah, is, it? where right. is it it's like right. shiny things in, in one's soul yeah basically. it's all yeah, anything yeah, the yeah. exactly is exactly the alchematic of the encounter in the, between Socrates and Alcibiades in the in the in the symposium and the the, the, the other thing about that is that is that you know the the you know, I, I think of it, the title. Uh, I think it's a Susie Orbach book. Who I, I, I just love this title, which she was um, Princess Dies um, therapist at one stage. Yeah, one right. Of her, one of her books is called The Impossibility of Sex, which is like it's I, really. I also love the title. It's crucial, <laughs> yeah. so it's crucial to hold hold that open. It's yes, it's actually important. Don't don't you know if you do, and part of the the ethics of teaching both philosophy and poetry would have to be since they're real if they're real things at all is that must never be yes for the for the sake of you know yeah. like aside yeah. from anything else exactly as Brian was saying yeah, for no. the sake of for the sake of poetry or for the sake yeah. of philosophy but it makes me come to another thing to come back to what what Adam was saying is that you know, you never, you never reach the idea per se, and you never no. reach poetry per no. se. What you have are persons mm. and poems, right? Yeah, yeah, like that's poetry right. is already yeah, a yeah. state yeah. nomination in a way. You only that's ever so encounter true. poems, yeah. right? Yeah. You only ever encounter that's right. kind of philosophers, and that's mm. part of the poets and poets and poems, philosophers and philosophies. They're always, they're, they're, they have a, this maybe universal destiny and in fact they do because it's always it has to be in excess yeah. of whatever situation they're in but you only ever encounter them through the narrow the narrow sort of yeah. 
yeah, strays of this or that. Yeah. Which, which is that finite and all, finite, all of the things that finite. truth isn't, like, exactly. like possible finite. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. And so you can't, go, you can't gainsay the necessity of the finitude of the failures yeah. of the yeah. narrowness and the... the, the, Absol- the no. And to come back to something else, to bring, and I wish I wanted, which is what you raised with respect to the, you know, the James Jang conversation with, with Alice, yeah. was around, well, we're always in these little cults, right? Yes. And we always hate the other little cults. So and yet much. there's no other way. I mean, sometimes yeah. you hate the other people in your... Abs- absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's so true. That is so, that's the that most, is, that's that is the really, true. That's which the is secret truth. Which is why you split. Which is why you split. You get more of Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You can tell this podcast is coming out of Melbourne. Oh, now. Did we have to go there? Oh, we did. The poetry scene means nothing to me. Not me, which is why we can yeah. Oh goodness oh, gracious. Let me let me try to ask you another question. I said I don't want to get Justin or Alice in trouble. All like oh, yeah. right, oh, right, yeah, yeah, but that's okay. Now I'm denigration. <laughs> like it's not about my mother. No, that was an invitation. Not getting them in there exactly. It was. Yeah. I walk away right right into those things. So many secret messages, but just being transmitted, oh. Alice. I just thought we were having a nice clean, <laughs> Sunday open morning. Sunday morning. Yeah, no. Sunday morning. Great, oh. great Wallace Stevens poems. By the way, I was going to ask you a more poetry esque question, just about cool. Baron Field, but I think ah. I actually want to go in a different direction because. Mm. I was sitting in my all-staff meeting this week and I thought of you all because we had extra time to hear about the new EAP, yeah. um, the Employee <laughs> Assistant Program. <laughs> and the, the guy who was introducing it put up this slide that had in the middle a circle Employee Assistance Program and then around the outside all the different kinds of assistance that we could get. And they were called things like Conflict Assist, Nutrition and lifestyle assist, money assist, family assist, manager assist. And one of the things that he was talking about too was a working from home thing. He said, oh, we've really found a lot of success when people have, what they do at the end of the day is they put their work phone and their laptop in a bag and then they walk out and back in through the front door and then it's like they've come home. And I just, I just thought of you all because <laughs> there's just so much in that that's just so deeply fucked. But I was like, uh-huh. I can't articulate why, but I bet you guys can. The fact it's a closed circle at all is already like a disastrous image of the fearful sphere of Pascal or the <laughs> like, you know, whose like circumference is nowhere and center is everywhere <laughs> and you are in the hell of these like infinite, the silence of these infinite spaces. Let me get it so you can me. see. Oh my please, God. Please, yeah. let me get it up. Yeah, yeah hang on. So, so that's, that's already a bad start, having circles as opposed to ellipses, knots. Yeah, uh, bre- breaches, holes, abysses. I mean, think of all the different ways. You why a circle? Why are always the circle? Because well, it's infernal. As well, it's you're the infernal circle, and, and also the, the, the you know the, the 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 ego itself is like the walled garden or the ah oh, perfect. Um, yeah. Do not bring flowers into this garden. Yeah, yeah do not that, bring that flowers is into this garden. Why is it offset too? Um, that. I mean, yeah. I, I, okay, a banal thing to say. That's really, it is, is, I think this dovetails with part of our earlier conversations where maybe we weren't uh, explicit enough a, a, about this, but, but I thought one of the subterranean threads of our previous conversations is the way that calls for uh, even uh, uh, justice or like, yeah, so support to this event, of course, which we support and so forth, can 
are these days so quickly turned into excuses for more managerial power, right? Like who's going to, who's going to, yeah, um, yeah uh, support you when you're down? Like who's going to uh, fight racism, right? It's, it's, no, it's, 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 it's like the manager needs to do that. Like the position of the benevolent manager and that there's a yeah. kind of, there's a bad using What manager's burden. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Between, <laughs> between politics and management, I think so often we're like, oh, we want, we want, Justice, okay, fine, but but there's there's this idea we, we cannot do this our, ourselves. Like political possibilities, there are none, right? It's like can't mm. let the people do anything in a democracy or whatever. You need more benevolent corporate overlords. Well, the to, people are, to are, are in need you. of assistance. Yeah, they're they obviously them. immediately incapable of looking after themselves. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. And of course, as you said at the end, there the most important thing was the infantilization, which then. Rifies your need for assistance, if you like. Yeah, yeah, I need put help your, from my work yeah. to eat right and sleep well. Yeah, and yeah. put, drink, you put your phone and your computer drink in the bag, yeah. go out the front door and come back in. That yeah, instruction it, yeah. is, is like a, what you, happens when your kid goes to yeah. preschool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a preschool kid instruction. Completely. So that's the level at which you must be reduced in yeah. order to be, or, or to make the assistance of the manager justified. Yeah. It is a pretty, I mean, it's a sort of colonialist. Yes. You know, uh, you know, it is. It's just kind of where you're forcing your, yeah. your subjects to recognise themselves as children and not even yeah. recognise that they're only being recognised as children without any other exactly. any other. It has all those things. It's also yeah. classist, of course, because the intellectual yeah. yes. classes looking down and patronising the yes. working classes who yes, need their exactly. assistance in all sorts of ways, who need our education after yeah. all. Well, I, guess all I guess it's misogynist yeah. and sexist as well. Well, yes. obviously, like we're going to have to explain this clearly and simply That's to right. Alice. It's great that you're a woman, but that that's means right. Alice. That like you need, you need <laughs> Baron, uh, Baron assist. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Where was the that's what we're here for? Like, to, to mansplain things. To, to <laughs> <laughs> We've made a Baron field so we can, so Baron field can come in and, and exactly. dispense justice. Oh my God! <laughs> and what's his ruling? Baron field. Of the infantilizing, which is very common today, and the and the but it's neoliberal, necessary, necessary, necessary. That's true. With the infantilizing, a, yeah. but but with what seems to be its opposite. Because if you're being yeah. infantilized, yeah. You're, you're made into a dependent, right? You need us, etc. That's right. But like, you're, you're also you're you're a blame, yeah, neoliberal yeah, yeah, responsibilization, yeah, where right. it's kind of sorry to kind of really ugly term, but but where it's like. No, you're, you're responsible for your right. mental health, for I your health, to, yes. for your weight, for your yeah. whatever. Yeah, you've got to take care of We're assisting you to take care of yourself. We've given you every option like and so you many, still can't you still do fuck this. It up. Yeah. Then it's your fault. You've know, yeah. got a whole wheel of options. You're a child and now we need us to, do you need us to come in with more? Because, you know, we gave you all of these. Like an adult, you were responsible, you had these options. But that's the myth of her. It's the myth of her. Oh my God, it is the myth of her. Turn that wheel. It's the same. Where you well, end it's, up. The, it's the spinning wheels right. of the fates. Isn't souls it? after like death. Cells, yeah, where like they... the souls after death. I'm going to have to upload yeah. this screenshot I took. <laughs> <laughs> no, please do. Also, sorry, just think about management discourse, right? Which is, we just give it a dull name, but yeah. it also invents its own language. Yes. yes. It, there's a poetics yes. of yes. management. Right? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, we must think about that because it's a creative. It's absolutely creative. It's out of itself, it creates this. That's right. Thing, right, yeah, which, which absolutely agree with co this. colonizing, transmissive, yes. trans, and this is if you talk about poetry, it's yeah. transformation, Brian. Exactly. Management poetry 
Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's been much more transformative than any. I agree. Like these these, people, are, these agree. people are creative people. Yeah. Let's not... They found it a state. Themselves, and they're correct. And they're founding and refounding yeah. and managing yeah. the state as such. Yeah. And so this is the poetry, these visual poems of, um, <laughs> of, of managerialism. With the, oh. with the extra thing, like uh, you said, manager assistance. Does that mean you get assistance as a manager or <laughs> managing? Or do you Someone actually get over. assist against I, your manager? I wish I had paid closer attention, but I think it is assistance if you your manager is giving you hell but yes. um, yeah no everything you're saying just makes so and all much the sense fleas so have smaller fleas upon their backs to bite them and those fleas, smaller <laughs> fleas and so on ad infinitum right it's just like managerial fleas all it's, the day all the way it's down. great all the way down. fleecing you fleecing. Trolling, oh. uh, like to follow what, what, what justin just oh, said well. like to, to ask to ask if your manager when they say it's managerial assist to um to ask them whether they mean that in terms of the subjective or objective mm. genitive mm. even better That's trolling right. if you Maybe say it you should critique. Or, like, yeah. <laughs> get a tibus objectivus like, if you yeah. ask like poetic linguistic questions <laughs> of these people who present rather than the, the, the supposed content but the, mm. there's nothing there then maybe oh if you start God. to talk about them, yeah. ask them poets about four. and ask them poetic yeah. questions. Yeah, I think that's I think that's I think that's a great sort of like Bartleby like thing mm. to do. It's just keep asking about the poetic form of these mm. utterances of like trace its cistera and and enjambments and. Bartleby the Scrivener is definitely one of the great one of the great anticipations of contemporary managerial mm. discourse. And Bartleby is a, like who's obviously been read as a kind of a Christian figure, a Christ figure, but also a, a Socratic figure because he just rather than say no or yes or anything, just says, I prefer, prefer I, I would to. prefer not to. And they're like, but is, but, but is that a yes or a no? Are you, but you, and the, 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 so the, managers, the manager himself, the, I think the story's written from the point of view of the, the narrator is the manager. Is that, I haven't read he, it for years. He, it, no, no, I think that's no, no, right. Yeah. I think not using the term, but I yeah. think, I think you're, you're right. He's in charge of the office where Bartleby yeah. works. I think that's right. Yeah. And so it just, like, it's just yeah. so puzzling. I mean, I mean, we're giving this guy all the best opportunities and he just says, I would prefer not to, but it's his job. But, I mean, but, why, why would he Didn't they close down those offices and he has to move to like... Yeah, he does. Like, they, he can't, they, can't, they don't get rid of him like that? Yeah, they move him to a smaller place? Yeah, he he, he dies. They, they move around him, but like, yeah, right. skeleton, like they just can't, like they move everything out <laughs> around right. him, but he's yeah. still just there sitting yeah. at his desk until he's like a skeleton. Yeah. So, yeah. This is a Melville story. That's the thing, it's a particular type of hero figure, right? Yes, yes. But... Because of the context, because yeah. of the context around him, he doesn't do anything to be to be the hero, which is like no. something which everyone sort of quickly came to identify with. Uh, he's a figure who says no. Well, I prefer not to, right? And does nothing, and that's the position of the hero now, where everything is to do something. Yeah, everything is to participate, to get involved, to be, yeah. become the thing that you're told you're not, in order to be able to tell other people that they're not, sort of thing, right? That movement through managerial positions is that's what it's your sort of job mm. yeah. but like you know that's melville what what's the figure what figure could you imagine and maybe this is the job of the poets so get the fuck on it what <laughs> figure can you imagine for us today that has this type of bartleby effect or even say yeah. you know the man i mean kafka's a figure before the law yeah. do we have a contemporary figure yeah equal to those which gives us that insight yeah. into the situation we're in but also maybe the possibility of yeah. thinking it in another another sense yeah. that would be the job of the poets that today, is a task right? for poets yeah, yeah. that's yeah. your job totally agree go justin yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're out of my breath. This, <laughs> we're, 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 we're both have to tell the poets exactly. what we need to have. That's why <laughs> I'm saying. But we're both declaiming responsibility. Obviously, <laughs> on the, you know. Yeah. So, Alice, just 
I need any more advice? Come and see. No, I just thought of this where Giorgio Gamma at the beginning of stanzas, where his his image is that of the the depressive, actually, of the absolutely the melancholic who can't do anything at all, knows God's God exists, can't cut and get there, and can't find the way, and it's the worst of all possible sins because it's not that he doesn't believe in God. It's just like he just doesn't believe you can ever get God. Salvation is God exists, just salvation is impossible, right? Like, and that's the the figure for 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 Agamben, one of the many figures mm. of Agamben. But he also says in that book, which is this precisely to come back to the the the, the quarrel between philosophy and poetry, he says, look, it's one of the the problems that the constitutive divisions in Western discourses between uh, a, a discourse that enjoys, you know, that enjoys but does not know, which is poetry, and a discourse that knows but does not enjoy which philosophy. <laughs> yeah. right. And, you know, and those two things, you know, criticism is born when, when this schism reaches, reaches its most extreme point, right? Mm. And so, you know, the question then is, are all we left with criticism in the way which, which tries to, to, to know it, both know its object yeah. and enjoy it at the yeah. same time, but can't get there directly? So it has to do it by a, by a, a double via negativa, both neither philosophy nor poetry in order to try and reassure itself and crawl back in a, through the dancing, labyrinth, dancing heart of the labyrinth. Past the past the minotaurs and so on, like with the thread of, of the thread of criticism. That's really <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> like, like a little red trail behind it. Yeah, a little red thread, like yeah. What, what you raised is something I I, I haven't something I, I don't have any anything uh, uh, good to say about this, but it 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 just really struck me that that book's written what it's it's seventies. It's a fairly early seventies book, yeah. And the point about criticism seems to. Uh, connects to Agamben's love of, of Walter Benjamin and, and Benjamin's yeah. doctoral thesis on 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 uh, the yeah. concept. It's Agamben that talks about Bartleby, right? It is. He, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Deleuze talks about Bartleby and Agamben, but um, it, it it seems to me that m- maybe something that defines our epoch when we think about the relationship between philosophy and poetry is once enormous hopes were put into the idea of criticism. Like mm. I think even even being yeah. the yeah. age we, we all are, mm. like went up what however um, It's no hyperbolic. country for old men. No right. country for old men. Yeah. There was yeah, <laughs> it was once great hopes for criticism doing all of these things. And and maybe this is just my ignorance speaking, but but I have the sense that that's gone, right? Like mm. like that 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 I don't yeah. I don't yeah, I don't like who's talking about like, you know, you got Richards and Liebus and that whole thing or yeah, part, or even that. Benjamin and, and okay. Gambin, up to William, Gambin himself, himself, I guess. But, but like, that's because yeah. for even them... Even later critics for philosophers. But I think yeah. for them there was something that there was the work of the critic to like, to, to work on. There was something. Mm. Yeah. There was the idea that might well, be transmitted. There was yeah. you know, a philosophy that took up that. Yeah. Or there was a literature or whatever that existed, right? So they held that in front of them, if you like, as the object of critique, and critique yeah. could work on the basis of that. I don't think uh, critique made by that is not around, but criticism insists, but criticism, I think, so often has already given up on the idea that there is something well, there, exactly. Right? I because, think that's really well put. Because yeah. the, the single point of a particular f- framing of, or frame, a particular type of crit- criticism in the last 50 or so years has necessarily first had to get rid of that object. Yes, yeah. right. we don't. There's the dissolu- not such thing the as, dissolution as of the that, object you know, as such. Yeah, exactly. But it's the so proliferation. You just have the slew. Well, you have the slew the, of the commodity. All that is solid yeah. once again. I know we cite this a lot, melts yeah, into yeah, air, but in the pure way. form of the abstract commodity form now remains, yeah. and everything is nothing but that non-object, which is which re- 
peers everywhere in which about which you know you can't criticize because there's no outside there's no other total subsumption as yeah, you, you, yeah, you yeah. said before and that's yeah. part of the the, the, the the obscurity and darkness of our present isn't it it's just not even the yeah it, it, you're, you're exactly right yeah. and, it, and the, it makes me think of um, what you're both saying uh, guys I was I was hanging out with you young English uh, PhD students talking about um, the various ways I don't know anything about this just I, I kind of don't want to but like criticism <laughs> disavowing itself sort of sort yeah, of going yeah. we're in the post-critical moment we yeah. should be back to just the the reader like the what was it like the naive reader Absolutely. just enjoying surface the reading. surface but reading also, all of this shit but like, also it's so, sorry to interrupt but no, just no, to come back to what we were saying before too just it's so disgusting because that looks like they're going oh it's not up to us we're not going to critic yeah, let's yeah, just yeah, show yeah, you yeah, the yeah, object yeah, yeah, and yeah, we yeah. can just all enjoy it in our own way you, know, oh, yeah. it, you can all enjoy it. but it's like no you've also given up the fact that to be as, as we were also saying the finitude of it that there yeah. actually has to be some limits and lines yeah. otherwise you don't have those cults you don't have the division that are that are necessary to poetry and then these small groups are terrible at the same time they're absolutely necessary yes. insofar yes. as they're preventing yeah. the false universalism of just saying exactly. anything yes. you like yeah, about yeah. anything exactly. you like in any way exactly. we're all different right. you can feel anything you like say anything you like respond that's that's the commodity yeah. that's that that's the total subsumption by the commodity uh, form exactly. as such, right? Yes. And it can look well, you know, sorry to say very close to the things that we're saying, but it's utterly antithetical. We need to peel off to use Antonia Pont's image of like the cling wrap, right? Everything's mm. in this cling wrap, which looks like the thing itself, but no, it's an alien synthetic surface oh, that's, that's just a... wrapped us all yeah. in this. Like, I was like, whoa, that's that. We're in the neoliberal cling wrap right now, right? Like, so <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm going to let you guys go because uh, I've, I've asked a lot of you here, but that was fucking fantastic. Last question. Justin, why'd you dedicate this uh, book <laughs> to Adam and Brian? <laughs> the, because, like, yeah, I think, I, think, I think the answer is self-evident, Alice, and I don't think after <laughs> this conversation anyone should be in the slightest bit doubt that they're the best dedicacies for, for pretty much, uh, yeah, for any, any poetry. <laughs> no, like, any poetry and in inverted commas we're the best poems, readers you could ever have that's right like, exactly I mean, this is as good as we've got it's basically what I'm saying this is the best I can hope for like, what are we saying about shit enemies no, exactly yeah, yeah, shit friends it's about to be shit friends oh I, I said this to Justin at the that I read the dedication is uh, Justin being a, a charismatic generous talented person has a lot of people who would encourage him right like give him a, a, a poem and, and and they'd be like justin that's fucking great like keep doing that but he no needs to dedicate it but he no needs to dedicate it to people who bad. definitely won't do that <laughs> <laughs> that's out of it like who yeah. he could rely yeah. on to be like going, justin right. stop doing that like, yeah, like right. you know no <laughs> 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 i'm gonna write some more poem <laughs>